2: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
0: Geico asks, How would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help
2: In it's the it really funny,
3: it's the fight, in it's the fight, in the slightest, and some people... really funny. in the in the it is it is literally the the trigger of all triggers isn't it like you can just say anything and then just go your mum it's just over for them
4: yeah there was there was those was kids at my school that you it would be that you brought someone mum into it they would lose their shit like absolutely go crazy they'd be like throwing windmills and then like they'd have a discussion with the teacher saying what happened he, he cussed my mum where when when if someone cusses my mum the like from the age of about eight till now it's not my mum they're talking about it's a an imaginary mum that doesn't exist i could my my You're brain just, um, can stop the mental images from happening
1: it.
4: but i just wonder wonder if, when if i say John, if I say to you right now ten minutes ago I just got off your mum can does your brain immediately go to that image
3: see My brain, I think, is wired uh, in a different way, where I actually think, well, my mum's rank, so you've just shagged a rank bird. So the joke's on you in that You can't say your own mum's rank. (laughs) Well, I can. You can. It's your mum. Exactly.
4: (laughs) He can he is.
3: Exactly. Uh,
4: This is the (laughs) Fighting Cop podcast, season nine, episode 54. Um... Yeah, so the, this the, the entirety of the next 45 minutes to an hour is going to be talking about uh, mum jokes because uh, we don't want to talk about football. It's Filoni's Filth, how are you doing?
1: Tea? 3.8% um, beer, not very alpha, but here I am.
4: Uh, you cut out there, do that again. I'm
1: drinking 3.8% beer. 3.8%
4: beer, you animal. Do you, oh, no, do, you, do you ever find on. when you go to the pub and you pick up a beer and it's like 3.8% you're like, nah.
1: It's chuck it out of the wall.
4: When was the last time... When even, la- if, if, even having it in my hand. When, when was For the last long. time you, you drunk a can of tea? It's
1: going back about a year. You know I'm a bit poncy about my beers already. My Maybe a... There are two beers that just don't agree with me...
4: See, I just I'm, can't handle it. I'm gonna have to cut At you all. off and, and, and it's like,
1: it's and, like Pacquiao, beware of. Well.
4: I'm gonna cut you off and bring you back Okay. because you're uh you're you're cutting out. Uh <clears throat> John Bass. Hello mate, how are you? Uh I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm Do you know the after that result yesterday, I um I did my missus when it started, my missus said, You're not gonna be swearing during this game, are you? And I, I was adamant and completely genuine in my answer when I said no I won't be because I kind of had the sense of foreboding but I've also reached a position which is a shame where I- I'm not going to let Spurs and Jose Mourinho impact me negatively any more than they can.
3: It's hard though isn't it mate <laughs> it is hard like I'm the same I am um, so I've had my mother-in-law with us um during lockdown and I was watching the game in the lounge. So she was there, my missus was there. And I was also trying my very best not to let it upset me. Um, but the problem is when you watch it with people who aren't as invested in you, they ask like genuine questions that, that enrage you. So when it, when it went two nil, obviously I was pretty pissed off. And then my mother in law just goes, Oh, is that two nil to them? Like, yes, yeah. yes, it is. Thanks for that. Thanks for reminding me. Um, <laughs> so it doesn't like, it doesn't help with the rage factor, but, um, Oh, fucking hell! Hey, hey! Let's just get rid of this season. Just burn it, burn it with fire.
4: It was just like uh, the second goal win in. I was just like a huff. I was like, oh, well. mm. I was kind of kind of expecting it, even though the game wasn't going like it. Weren't like they were all over us and pressuring us, but it just it felt like it felt like one of those games. You know, we watch a lot of football over the years, and we kind of understand how football goes sometimes. And it was it was one of them. Like they they. Almost in terms of the space that they created in breaking, and a great bit of hold-up play by that geezer they got up front. I can't remember his name. For him to I'm burning. yeah to 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 find that um, player on the left-hand side meant that it exposed us again. And Eric Dyer being like if Eric Dyer was so um, yeah. had so lack, so much lack of movement and awareness that I genuinely thought there were going to be a group of left-wing protesters to pull him down on the ground <laughs> and throw him in the, <laughs> throw him in the sea. Uh, T, T, what, what did you make of Eric Dyer's performance?
1: What uh, was that?
4: What did you make of Eric Dyer's performance?
1: I think the Lin Muse goal probably summed it up, really. Um you know, I mean it's just so wide open in the box. Um Dar just didn't know where he himself was and where Lin Mousse was. Just um I think the second goal just symbolised the defence on the whole, really. All four were culpable for, for that goal.
4: Turn slightly, he says, uh, anyone who isn't back in Jose now is not allowed to celebrate our first trophy next season. Disgust. John, <laughs> what do you think?
3: Um well yeah, like I I get the um the frustrations and stuff with Mourinho and like yesterday I was like really annoyed and like everyone I was kind of just pissed off at the whole situation but I've tried to maintain this kind of equilibrium between being sad and disappointed the way that Poch left but giving Mourinho basically this season and up to January of next season and I'm still in that mindset like I'm not enjoying this ride by the way and like I think he's you know like there's a lot of downside to Mourinho um but it's ultimately it's the same scenario that he was in when he took over which is that it's not his squad he hasn't really spent any money and now we've gone through a global pandemic so with his reputation you kind of expect things to happen and i think we all got like excited at the beginning with the charm offensive so like if if you're chucking it in already with him i do get it because a lot of people didn't want him in the first place but we do like i think we just have to give him some time to at least completely fuck it up um or maybe potentially get it right and win a trophy. So we'll yes, see.
4: I, I I agree. I mean you can't you can't just chuck him under the bus right now because there are mitigating circumstances, but you can yeah. understand why people are shifting towards that now. Given the fact that Pochettino is still a free agent. <laughs> yeah.
3: And also do you think, mate, there was a lot of people who kind of um under the surface were really pissed off about the whole Pochettino thing, but they didn't wanna um, put their colours to the mask, and and now this is so, like this is this is a darker time. It's easier to go fuck Marino, get him out. Whereas before it was like I'll just stay quiet and sit on the fence. So I think it's kind of it's just rearing its head because it's in a kind of shitty moment. I think um, I, I, I,
4: yeah. I think the best the best practice in football is patience, oh. and it's something that's really really hard to to maintain and discover in times of darkness and and frustration that a little bit of patience goes a long way. And, you know, uh, it, it, in the modern era of football, it's not something that that, that generally happens that often, but I'm not, like, uh, the issues in the squad are clearly the same that they were under Pochettino. And maybe, maybe Pochettino should have been given more patience as well. And this is someone who said it was, it was, we got rid of him too late. You know, it, we, we should have moved earlier to get rid of him. But, mm-hmm. In hindsight, he understood that squad better than anyone could because he would work with them day in and day out. And because of that, and he did warn us as well. It's not like he didn't warn us. Yeah. He gave us warnings and said, look, this is going to be painful. We're going to have to rebuild this squad and it's going to be painful. Um, and this was way before the form dropped off. So yeah. it's it it would have taken an absolute gargantuan amount of of patience to stick with with Pochettino. So the least we can do right now is 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 stick with with Mourinho because we we we've seen managers change which uh, the, the, you know the, the uh, found success when previously they hadn't. T, what do you make of all that?
1: I think that um this run of form with Pochettino home will probably be a bit more palatable than it is with someone like Mourinho who's blaming Everyone by himself. Um, I mean, we've probably got it in the running order somewhere that his comments after the game basically saying that the players don't have the mentality. So it's a bit like Redneck used to do, really. When you lost a game, says, you know, is this, this person's fault is that person's fault. So when we're in bad time, Just rub people up the wrong way. there's kind of great on people yeah, a little his, bit. Yeah, but... his,
4: his comments after the game were, were were problematic, but he he probably isn't. It's not. Not
1: true, is it? Well, it's not. I mean, it's, it's, it's not wrong. It's not, it's not wrong in what he's saying, but he's picked the team. Ultimately, he's put that team out. He he put um, Eric Dyer and Damonton Sanchez as a central pairing. Um, this is a pair that I defended because up till yesterday they did fairly well, so you have to respect that. But then the frailties in that partnership. Were put out, were put all out for everyone to see. Um, I think I think we do we do need patience. I just feel that um, when when times are better than Pochettino, at least we had a manager that we liked. When times are better under Mourinho, is a, a first place, and that's where I think the the bad feeling is coming from. T, is
4: it, have you updated your
1: potato of today? <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you know I'm. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch up to my phone. There's, I'll, i log back in on the phone because this is a bit of a joke.
4: What, what, what's going on in your household? What, like, how many, people are people on devices? Five. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm not at my house. I'm at the missus's house. There's, there's five people, people on the device. Got... What, what's, what's your stepson doing? And Do you know he's, he's up to no good in his bedroom. He's probably playing PlayStation. You got to go up there and just pick his PlayStation, PlayStation up, and throw it out the window. Just kind of. i got a
1: pod. That, that, that wouldn't end very well for me because he's bigger than me. So, yeah.
4: <laughs> what? What? Have you Have you ever had that situation where you've had to discipline your stepson, but you realise he's he's probably bigger and stronger than you are?
1: Yeah, I think that's probably happened over the last eighteen to twenty four months. Yeah.
4: <laughs> you've come to that realisation, yeah. All right, uh, yeah. Go on and log, log in, and then uh, and uh, I'll add you in five minutes when when all that shit's sorted.
1: Okay, okay mate. Bye. bye. All right,
4: right.
3: Flav, Just on on this point, what age did you? Th- or maybe it hasn't happened yet. But what age were you when you realised you could probably have your dad in a fight? Because your dad's probably quite quite tasty. I imagine in a scrap.
4: Uh, I mean, uh, my dad has the same temper as I have, where he he isn't a. Um, he, he's not fundamentally an aggressive man, but he, he, wrote, he, he grew up in an environment that was tasty and you were tested con- constantly. So it wasn't an issue if something went off, mm. um, but he would avoid it like I would. And um, and so uh, I don't think tasty is the word, but he would definitely be up for it if it happened. Um, but he's got a really bad hip and I could absolutely kick the fuck out of him. So, um yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's gone past the point where he's like super dad and uh, he can defeat all men. Whereas uh, I, me as a, a non-fighter could, could could have him because he can barely walk. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. He, reek, he reeks of old man
3: strength though. Like in a fist fight, like a back your day, but in like an arm wrestle that you just can't, you can't beat men of that generation in an arm wrestle. No, all, he's also, so strong.
4: He was a plumber, wasn't he? So he he exactly he, he has big hands and, and and quite big arms. So, but yeah, in, in terms of a, a street fight or a boxing match, I would just I'd, I'd wear him out. I'd just draw him out, yeah. uh, jab, jab away, um, and when he'd lunge, eventually his hip would give way, and then just stamp on his head.
3: Yeah, exactly. Just knee him straight in the hip. Done. Yeah uh, nice. how
4: mu- how much um, how much was an issue was the uh, the VAR goal the the goal that never was what What was your take from that? So do you know
3: what, mate? I, I was actually going to say right at the top of the um, pod that I think that that was one of those classic scenarios of as much as it was a horrendous decision, it was more about like momentum swinging, and it reminded me exactly like the Leicester game right at the beginning of the season, so sorry, where. Well, Yeah, where well, we would have gone 2-0 up. he ends up getting disallowed, and it was the tightest margin ever. And then it's like, oh, okay, well, now it's back to 1-0. They then equalize. And it's like, fucking hell, this is like... The momentum of this game has completely switched. Mm. And I actually felt like that was exactly the same as what happened in, in this game, is that we were in a position where we were playing really well, they score, and then we just come back on really strong and essentially equalize. And we'd been dominating the game up until the point when they scored. And then we equalize it. It's like, at that point, it's, that game is going in a very different direction of us kind of being in the ascendancy. We've kind of broken in behind and we've scored. And we're the, the game could go in a completely different way then. As soon as that's disallowed, and it's an absolutely mental decision, it does, like, I don't care what anyone says. Like, it does take, as a player, like, that does take a lot out of you and will completely change, like, your perception of the game. And I, I think that was one of the main reasons why, like, the game just completely swung and was just so so deflating to our players now i appreciate like they they have to have the mentality to kind of get over stuff like that
0: but
4: they're human but,
3: exactly exactly and it's it's when it's such a shit decision it makes it even harder because you feel like you've been completely robbed like if it was offside then you'd be like oh okay fair enough we kind of knew maybe it wasn't like it wasn't on but this was
4: mental like yeah it was I'm crazy
3: not I'm still not sure it hit his arm. If I'm being honest, it like, may have brushed his arm, him.
4: but that the ball was the ball was kicked onto him. I think it was. Yeah, it was like smashed at him. It, from was, so, so the, the the question that for for VAR in that instance, it shouldn't be: Did it hit his arm? Is did he do anything, anything at all, to influence the where that ball went? And the answer is no. Of course, he didn't. He fu- he was yeah. fail, fouled. fouled. His face was pointed in the opposite direction, and, um, and and the ball was kicked onto him, and it happened to brush his arm or hit it in some fashion. Even if it hit him on the hand, at the end of his arm, and fell into Kane's into Kane's uh, path, and he slotted it in. Isn't a reason to bring it back, and I know people say, "Well, the rules are the rule. The rules are shit. They're bullshit." And if VAR, yeah. uh, if, if, if referees in and uh, system referees and VAR people are looking at that and thinking, "Actually, you know, the rules are what the rule." I mean, this doesn't make any sense. But the rules yeah. are what they are, and we must follow the rules. Do you know what happened to six million Jews in 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 the Second World War for people following the rules? And yeah. The, I mean that was a bit extreme. I shouldn't have compared the Holocaust to this this LAPAR goal. But but some some at some level you just need to say this is bullshit. The rules are bullshit. We're going to give the goal and force a change. Open a conversation up. It's it was nonsense.
0: Mate, it,
3: this is like this is my major issue with with is I mean, apparently that is the rule. That, but no matter what happens, if it hits your arm as an attacking player then it's it's handball, right? But like I said, I'm not sure it even hit his arm. We, we all know that that shouldn't be the rule. Right? Let's just say it is the rule. Um, it's the thing about VAR that is just utter garbage is that let's say that foul happened, right? You As a referee, you played advantage. We didn't get any advantage. So because you we had the advantage and we scored from it. But then because you've... Because it's like a foul beforehand, you haven't been able to play on because you you haven't given us a foul. So we've got we've been fouled and had no advantage and had a disallowed goal. So like in every way, shape, or form, it's not benefited us. And all the people at the kind of beginning of the season who were back in VAR were kind of on this idea of well, there's loads of um, instances of like bad decisions being made that you might have to sacrifice celebrating every goal that hits the back of the net, but you're not going to have any more mistakes. We've had as many. We've had more mistakes with VAR than we had without it.
4: Don't care about the mistakes. So, don't care about the mistakes. Give me the mistakes. Exactly. They're
1: better. Exactly.
3: Fo- football is better. 100% better with... And I actually, think there was less, mistake, less mistakes because referees now, they don't make good calls because they don't have to because they'll just go, oh, well, VAR's going to check it anyway.
4: Yeah.
3: Um, And so we actually get a load of horrific decisions like the one yesterday because no one on that pitch, not any Sheffield United player, no Spurs player, the ref, Linesman, No one thought that anything had happened incorrectly there. They check it as a matter of course, and someone's gone, ooh, that might have hit his arm by a millimetre. Like, that's not football. Do you know that's, what I reckon? I reckon stupid.
4: these dweebs are sitting in this office and going, oh, God, this is an opportunity for me to shine here. Because all these referees, all, all of them, they know that by playing by the rules, instead of just saying what's right, by playing by the rules, they get their they get their boost. that they, they, They'll get a Premier League game next. They they won't be relegated to Division One, and 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 the, these referees are, are, are the VAR and the referees are destroying uh, this elements of the game that was fun before for their own gain, their own their own their own career. That's what they're doing. They're not interested in in the spirit of the game. They're interested in furthering their own careers. T. Um, John just compared the Lucas Moura handball to the Holocaust. Like, that's too much, right?
1: <laughs> the smidge. The thing with that is that the the rule has been correctly applied, but it's a bad rule.
4: Yeah, but that, we're saying that you know, if you're if you're, you know, if you're told to follow orders and you know it's gonna end
1: up in misery, you wouldn't do it if you're a decent human being. I don't know. Some things are some things are um, a product of their time.
4: Yes. Okay, very, 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 uh, very dignified. I'm sick of you, John, for saying something like that. That's
1: <laughs> absolutely T- T- uh, I, I just think the whole, um, the whole VAR thing has become a bit of a fucking mess now. And um, look to review that rule now as well, but the damage has been done. But we didn't deserve to win the game, so probably got what we deserved in the end.
4: You say that, Kane scored four goals on his own. Yeah, he's back on form. Um, one of them obviously was offside, he put in. There was no push on that defender. That should have counted. The, second, the first goal should have counted. So we should have just lost 3 2. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be fair. No, no, no. That'd be free all. Free all, actually, wouldn't it? Could you yeah. imagine? Yeah. Um, so uh, Toby or not Toby <laughs> uh, says, uh, what, what have you thought about Lucas recently? I've often been one to defend him, but he hasn't seemed to contribute much of late. Especially compared to Stevie Birdvine's how, how Stevie Birdvine's been performing? T, go on because you you absolutely
1: hate Lucas Moura's guts. I do. He should not start. Stop. Stop again, absolute <sighs> fucking absolute fucking spazzfest watching him play. He's just, um, I just think he's more of an impact sub these days. Um, you know, yesterday was an example where he played the four ninety and he just didn't really make any impact whatsoever. But then. Someone made a very good point about Bergwijn. He's actually recovering from an operation, so he can't play the full ninety. So it's probably more about necessity, but Lucas was particularly bad yesterday. Maybe him and, and um, Bergvine can't play on the same side, so there might be mitigating circumstances in that. I
4: was a bit confused by the front, you know, that front three behind Kane. It didn't well, like a
1: four, yeah. It's like well, loads it, of
4: them. Yeah, it's like a four. There didn't seem to be a huge deal of technical ability there. And um, yeah, which is I mean that falls to Jose Mourinho, right? It falls to, to his decision making, and you can understand in some games where you know if we were, if we put that front line against Arsenal, I get it because we're gonna have to soak up pressure and break, and the big pitch at White Hart Lane, they're gonna commit players forward. There'll be opportunities for that pace to work, <coughs> but again, yeah. a team like <coughs> Sheffield United who. Once they went one and up, the game was pretty much dead and buried because they defend so well. You know, um, pragmatism and understanding the game plan is so important when you're a team coming up, but also a team who would widely be regarded as a lesser footballing outfit than Tottenham. So they need they need to apply themselves in defensive situations. It's almost like the most obvious stuff. And it's not easy to do, but it's... It doesn't require. It requires mentality rather than technical skill. So when it was one like up, it seemed like the the game was pretty much done and dusted. You need technical players in that front three in order to break these teams down, and, and it's something that we weren't able to do at all. Pretty much, even though Kane did score four goals, we weren't able to break them down. It, they, we just didn't have any answers to their low block.
1: You are you. Are- you were talking about bringing in Harry Winks and pushing Lo Celso up to a number 10, weren't you?
4: That was my idea. So, like, I know I haven't won 22, like, trophies, and I don't, you know, Mourinho knows a lot about football, granted. But that's what I would have done. I would have brought Winks in midfield in that, uh, you know, maybe uh, which would have enabled Lo Celso to go forward. Just have Winks sitting on his own. Get Sissoko off, who was horrible. And, um... And just just play a bit and, and see what you can do. Pass it around, tire them out, develop some sort of mental fatigue in them. But it was just—I mean, the biggest issue, not the biggest issue, an issue was when L- Bervine came off. Although apparently he's injured, you know they're, they're nursing his injury for the for substituting him. But when you saw Lucas Moura go on the right and his crosses that he put in, like one ended up in being a goal, but or a, a disallowed goal. But his crosses were horrible. They were just like looped in. Um, you know, I think Bergvai would have probably done done better on that that right outside in that instance. But yeah, I, I thought that maybe it was crying out for someone like Lo Celso to play into number ten.
1: Do you remember um, in the film Love Honor and Obey when um, Stephen Purkiss having a shootout with Ray Winston's mob? Yeah, and he said, that, you know, they've got all the big guns, we've got all the small guns. It's a bit like you know, you watch um, you watch Trent Alexander Arnold. It's like the best cross in the universe. We've got like Sergio and Lucas Moore just pinging it, hitting the first man. Yeah, so They've that... got the big fucking guns. They've got the big fucking guns. What have we got? They've got the big fucking guns. You <laughs> got got the big fucking guns.
4: And then you've got Ray Winston on the other side of the gun just going, Classed Bayonets! <laughs> fixed Bayonets! That's fixed Bayonets! <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it is if anyone hasn't seen so there'll actually, be a lot of people i haven't so seen Liverpool. love and obey uh, i'm not sure how well it dated but this film absolutely it's on, it's on do- youtube is it the whole film's on youtube i believe so it's uh well just just buy it do you know what i mean it's an independent film you should buy it yes. but um it's uh it's it's an as i remember it an incredible film about uh london like a uh, a pastiche of London gangsters, and it's there's so many funny bits yeah. in it. Really, really, really good. Ray Winston's here, Jude Law, Um uh, Jude Law Spurs fan. Uh, but they're, they're, yeah, there's there's a shootout in a car park, and one side <laughs> one side has uh, has the big guns, and it, <laughs> uh, and it, we and we just didn't bring them out during the game. It, we it, we just didn't find no. find a way of punishing Sheffield United, and this is a Sheffield United that hadn't scored a goal. Like what I want to. I don't, I don't. I don't. really want to break down. Break down the game. Like if you want to hear a breakdown and like a dissection of what everything that went wrong, then go and listen to the extra inch. If, that, if that's something that you want to get, if you want to be, if you want to be told everything that we're doing wrong, then uh, in this episode, go to the extra inch. Well, I, I, I want to get. About, I, I want to get from you two how you feel as a Spurs fan right now. Like I know, John, you you, you suggested patience with Mourinho. But deep down, when you're on your own, when you went, went to bed, when you put your head down last night, what, what were you actually thinking?
3: Potch, come home. Come home, Dad. <laughs> like you've, you've got, you've, you've walked up or you've been kicked out by the missus, like, a.k.a. Mum. I still love you, Dad. I want you to come home. I, like, cry myself to sleep thinking about you. You're out there somewhere. Come home um, and sort this mess out, you know? Just sort it out. Um... Yeah, like, if you said to me, right, you could do whatever you want, fantasy land, what would you do? I would bring Potch back Sorry. And I would, I would basically sit down with Levy and say, look, you fucked up first time because, essentially, we have a major problem with our squad. Like, if you look at, just very simply, if you look at the best two teams in the country, like City and Liverpool, and you look at the way they play, so City have loads of technically good creative midfielders, like you were talking about. They have, like, De Bruyne, Silva, Bernardo Silva, like... Clever, technical, creative players. They get them high up the pitch and they can break down teams that sit deep, right? And if you look at Liverpool, they don't really have much of a technical midfield. They've got like workhorses. Their front three are like rapid and, and very, very technically good. And then they have amazing like fullbacks. They get up the pitch. We don't have any of that. Like we have a good front three potentially. We don't have a very like industrious midfield or particularly creative. It's like somewhere in the middle and we don't have good fullbacks anymore. So it's just like a massive rebuilding job. So, so we kind kind of just like
4: we don't need poch back then, do we? We just need to we need to invest in the squad. Fuck loads of players. Yeah, yeah get loads of players in. Just fucking loads, mate. Get the big guns
3: in. You, you're fat, and I throw you in the river. Just get them in.
4: <laughs> another, <laughs> another quote from Love
3: know, That's babe. how we came.
1: Yeah. No. That's
4: how we Yeah. Mar- <laughs> Lucas Moura was in a dog chain on the on, on his hands and knees in in the uh, changing room and uh, <laughs> and, they, and and the Sheffield United defenders are just feeding him dog food. With LSD <laughs> in it. What's that? Yeah, a bit of LSD in it. What's he eating, Chunky? <laughs> <laughs> you got. You, you have to watch. You have to watch Club United Bay to get all this oh, shit. Well, so
1: this is so these but instead
4: Yeah. You see. You um, see. You see. Basically, what happened is what. I think the bone that's gone up my up my knob has broken, and I've broken the bone in my knob. (laughs) Anyway, look, we've got to stop because this is too niche. Um, Um,
1: But you are—I mean, you are how I felt. I mean, um, I don't think Pot should come back now. I think Pot needs to have another job before it comes back to us because um, I don't think he can fix this. I think he needs a massive rebuild job, and it probably needs a bad guy like Mourinho, who's got a thick enough skin to maybe make some tough decisions and get rid of some players and rebuild the team. Um, I think we are going to have to eat shit for a while. But, mm. I mean, I, my it's a bit, I'm kind of contradicting myself all the time. I don't think Marina is going to win a trophy with us. But I think he needs to be given time to, to swing the axe and maybe bring us some players. I don't think that, I think we can get affordable players easily. There's players in mid-table, lower table, even at the top end of the championship who can, supplement that squad perfectly well. You know, um, for example, we, we that we stalled on Cessignon and we could have got him for cheaper, but I mean, we didn't. Um Max Evans, you could have maybe got him for cheaper a little earlier, but now it probably cost a little bit more affordable, but right? it cost more. So I think the rebuild can happen. But um at this moment I think the yesterday's result was just depressing. We're just a layers in a long line of of you know disappointments for over the last thirty odd years of Spurs. So just chalk it down to experience.
4: Yeah, I agree. It's just... Um, just wait and see. Look, we're not going to do anything this season. Let's get it over and done with. Let's pray we get a result against Arsenal. And then, other than that, it's it's fine for us just to... to... The, the,
1: the question I kind of had for you guys is that... Um... Given that Mourinho says that the mentality is is kind of dead of some players, do you think you should just maybe just build towards next season now? So for Bournemouth, Everton and Arsenal, just pick players who you know are going to be there next season and just spin people off. So if you don't think, um, I don't know if I'm going to say, oh yeah, he's going to cut it, then just don't play him. Maybe he'll lose value in terms of what we can sell him for, but just pick people you trust now.
4: No, I pick what I conceive to be the best squad. You don't... Could you imagine the mood? Like, imagine what the mood's now. Like, no, Spurs fans are not going to look at that and go, oh, yeah, fair play. He's, he's play. They won't even know that he's playing players that he can trust. They'll just look at his squad selection and go, has he gone fucking mad? And then destroy him on Twitter, which none of them hear anyway, so you're wasting your time. Um, uh, you know, that that's the reality. If he picked a, a weakened squad, or, like, conceivably weakened squad, because he trusted these players... And then we lost the last six games or whatever is left. Then he would get destroyed, and people would be calling for his head. When he th- well,
1: Potch Pot- Pot- Pot arguably did that, not to cut, but Potch arguably did that at the start of his reign with Mason and Bentaleb.
4: Yeah, for sure. But we were in a completely different position then. Like you couldn't lose at that point. The, the morale was so bad, and you had Nobbed in manager, and it's just he. he, he Potch Pot- came in with a, a, a very good football club with an underperforming squad with disharmonious and there was a lot of poison there. And he came in and made the right decisions to just gently lift the form. If you remember the last, the first six, seven months of Pochettino's reign, it wasn't incredible. I think he he, he lost as many as he won, but we we saw a difference in attitude in the players and that's what all we were looking for. Now it's different because of his work. He's elevated us to a new level of expectation and nothing other than the win is good enough anymore, and that's part of the problem like right? Pochettino through his success has created a monster and i it's something we've been talking about for a long time on the fighting cock we haven't mentioned it recently because we've been enjoying the rise, but success is an absolute cancer for a football club in terms of enjoying it um and I, and i and, and you know if you look at what Man United went through when they'd won everything and then they ended up with David Moyes and it just falling off a cliff. Like that, that, the reality that they weren't this magnificent all-conquering club anymore would have been really hard to take and there would have been a moment of, of, of transition which would have been tough. But the biggest example is Arsenal. They had all the success. They, won the, the, they were the invincibles. They won the double twice, I think. FA Cups when they weren't even that good. And nothing was good enough for them. Nothing was good enough for them. And Spurs, we've sleepwalked into that position as well, where the only thing that's good enough for us now is a trophy. And we're not even saying, uh, even if we won an FA Cup, there'll be fans out there going, "That's not good enough. We want the league. We want the league." In what world? In what world do you talk about Tottenham Hotspur as a league-winning outfit if it wasn't for the good work that happened before us and, and realizing that that was a moment in time? Like Even with massive investment from Daniel Levy, there's no guarantee that this is going to happen. I'm not saying we shouldn't strive for it. We should. It's just that you, you have to enjoy the journey. It can't all be about winning the league or the Champions League or FA Cups. It, it can't be that because those are moments in time. You have to just enjoy belonging to a football club. And that's the biggest problem right now, is it's really hard to just enjoy being a Spurs fan right now. And and that that's for me is the biggest challenge. I'm not bothered about league title wins or FA Cup wins. I want them desperately, but it wouldn't define me as a Spurs fan. What I'm struggling with on the pitch is 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 how pragmatic and boring it is. And that, that that's what I'm but struggling that- with most.
3: Yeah, but that's why, to like to tease like question. That's why I actually think he has got an opportunity to to do what T's suggesting, but he has to kind of like be very open about that. That's what he's doing. It reminds me of a little, a little bit like where England was stale for for years and years and we had like different managers coming in and basically like picking the same team and going nowhere. And like pretty much every pub conversation was someone needs to come in, get all the dead wood out and just play all the kids and Southgate basically did that. He came in and he was like, look, no, he's obviously no tactical genius, but he was like, fuck it. I'm just going to get rid of the old guard and I'm just going to blood these, these players. But he was very open about that, which brought him quite a bit of goodwill and it's still kind of riding through now, even though some of those players are quite experienced. And I think if Mourinho now said, realistically, top four's gone, top six is probably gone, I'm going to use this end of this season to make sure we have a really good season next year so you're going to see some interesting selections and players are going to get moved on in the summer. I'm going to like, this player's getting bombed. This player's going to be a crucial role and just picked teams that he actually thinks could do a job for next year. And we we lost some games in that time. I think he would do better than potentially picking what he thinks to be the best side on paper and us losing those games potentially anyway. Because there's uh, no guarantee we're going to win all these games, right?
4: I mean, there's absolutely no guarantee. <laughs> exactly. So
3: So why not just be open about it? It's so, like, we've got a re- rebuilding job. It
4: starts now. Fair enough. Uh, Telegraph says Spurs have rejected a swap deal from Juventus involving Tangi Ndombélé and Aaron Ramsey. Spurs informed Juve that the midfielder will not be sold as he is part of Jose Mourinho's plans. Um, uh, T, I think you've got us on loudspeaker. We can what? hear it. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure Ndombélé is part of Jose Mourinho's plans, is he? well, he
3: doesn't play him. So <laughs> his plan is you're not going to play that much. Um, yeah, I mean, that seems mental because on the surface, like you see the potential with Andombele, So like it's frustrating that he's not playing. Um, and so when when you hear like he's going to get swapped for Ramsey, that just seems absolute fucking lunacy. We don't want Ramsey anyway. Um, but it also doesn't seem like he's in... Like, he's in the plans. Like, he's obviously not in the plans, and it's very frustrating. So I, I hope it's a case of, like, it's a... And it sounds weird, but I hope it's kind of a personal issue that they're working towards rather than him not rating him as a player because you can get over one and not get over the other. So we'll see what happens with that one. But,
4: Would you swap yeah. him for Aaron Ramsey? Absolutely no chance.
3: Why? I actually, I actually think Ramsey is quite a decent player. Like, he's, he's reasonable. But personally, I don't, I don't think he's any better than Winks. Like I think they're the same type of player. Maybe he, he's marginally better. Is he better than Deli Ali? Uh, not Deli Ali playing like proper Deli Ali. I don't. I don't know if you've actually. Have you seen this tweet that's come out tonight from uh, Curtis Woodhouse about Deli Ali? I think it's pretty, pretty accurate yeah. in terms of what he said about Deli. Have you seen it?
4: Yeah, he's talking about how. Um, Yeah, he's not. He he, all he needs to do is run off of Harry Kane. That he's not a passer. He's not that guy.
3: Yeah. So he's basically said Deli Deli Ali is a runner. As soon as he realises this, the better. He thinks he's a passer. He isn't. That happens to lots of players They get success and try and overcomplicate it. All he needs to do is run off Kane for ninety minutes and he gets twenty goals. Let the ballers ball. You just run. Very simplistic. But I actually kind of agree with that. I think Deli by. because of the injuries we had, had to play deeper like towards the end of like last season, the Champions League run and stuff like that. And he's kind of tried to incorporate this like central midfield element to his game. And I just don't think it's his game. And when he's literally just running off Kane and just getting near Kane and higher up the pitch, like he will score a shitload of goals. So I just, we just need to go back to basics. I, I scored, think, like-
4: yeah, I mean, uh, back in the day, T, I'm not sure if you remember this, but uh, Barney was just, like, we had a conversation about what, Deli Ali is and what he's good at and like (laughs) exploiting space and creating opportunity through running is what everybody identified him as being great at. And he got so many opportunities from doing it, but that he, when he gets the ball in a deep position, he slows the game up so much because perhaps he feels like he needs to influence the game that in his head, he's the, he's a, he's a player that dominates the game. The reality is he from, from, you know, from what I've seen, is that he isn't that and, and when the deeper he gets the worse he gets and the more the less it, uh, effective he becomes playing you know up top with Kane or off him as a number 10 and I'm not saying Sheffield United wasn't a great example to do that but when games are open where he can genuinely just use his instinct and create find opportunity like he did against Arsenal in the League Cup last year where he destroyed them you just need to give him the opportunity to run into space and I don't know whether this is Jose Mourinho or Pochettino before him asking him to do more than he's capable of doing, but understanding that Deli Alli is a limited footballer with great destructive power isn't a slight on Deli Alli or a slight of what he's, what he's done previously. He doesn't have to develop any more than what he was doing when he was 21. Well,
1: I've been, I think the issue is that he's just so one-footed and... Um, in the fact that he's foot means minutes he can't really spread play he can't really do anything um oh, I don't know the fucking word You can't do anything too much off the cuff so there's one example he's running down the left wing and they knew he couldn't use his left foot and he just refuses to use it and he just kept, ended up just giving away a goal kick I think that um Curtis Woodhouse has made a very valid point he's very good at making runs um do you remember that term for um the ram like, yeah the um, space, space invader Thomas Muller yeah, yeah that's what he is that's where he's that's where he's at his best and um, I don't know I mean as you've alluded to earlier there has forgotten more than we'll ever know about football but I think that if Deli Alli's going to have any role in this team it has to be close to Kane Feeding off the scraps
4: yeah definitely do you, do you, have you ever seen Misery? is
1: that with um, James Kahn? yes
4: yeah Yeah. Yes. James Kahn and what's her name? Cathy Bates Cathy Bates. Bates yeah I know this might be extreme, but they need to strap Deli early down to his to a bed. They need to put a block of wood between his legs and need to break break his right ankle with a sledgehammer. And then just get him doing kick-ups with his left
1: foot. You know you know something though. Um, <laughs> well, it's very, is that, um I think Nathan A. Clark. I don't know why I call him Nathan A. Clark, just Nathan. It's just what he is on Twitter. Extra Rich made a very good point that um you, it's easy for us to say, yeah, well, they should work on their weaker foot, but while they're working on their weaker foot, they might be missing opportunities to work on what they're good at. Yeah, I mean, that's that's,
4: uh, at this, I mean, I would never profess to know more about the tactics and all that shit than Nathan because he's dedicated a lot of time to it and I can't be fucked. But I would think that at this stage of Deli Ali's career that he would, that they have to concentrate on other things other than developing his left foot? Like That yeah. seems like something that should have been done when he was 12, not not at 25 or whatever he is right now.
1: It's it's easy to, I mean, you know, we can go around in circles saying whether it's easy to do that. But if he's at this level where we, without the left foot, then just got to kind of leave it yeah. where it is. Just yet, buy, but...
4: an, buy an improvement. Just buy, buy someone who's better at doing what he does. Or, or if you don't want Dele Alli to, to run off carry Kane, if that's what he's the best at, then buy someone who can do something that you want him to want Delhi to be able to do that he's ineffectual at.
1: Like you don't. We've got to. we've got no money, Flav. So it's kind of a vicious circle, isn't well, it? We uh, haven't got we haven't got under fifty million in the bank to buy Jaden Sancho. So no, not de- not Jadon, kind
4: of not Jaden Sancho, but I, I would say that look, I think Delhi Ali's value and people's um, understanding of what he can do on the football pitch is still hyped. People are still remembering the two. Twenty goal a season, the twenty twenty goal seasons that he had, under Poch's very Premier reign—you know, the best seasons that Pochettino had—and we could probably still fetch forty to fifty million for him. And with that money, we could buy someone who is more suited to to play in the role that Deli ali has been asked asked to to play. I think
1: it sounds it sounds so easy. We just say it like that, but that's not going to happen. Yeah, I know, but we're, we're like when he's, when he... he's not going to join Liverpool because he won't fit into how they play. He's not going to join City because he won't fit into how they play. He won't sign for Chelsea because they're Chelsea. So we've just got to kind of eat shit once again. Yeah, but, the, but see, when
4: you're in the football stadium and someone's like, just play him offside or kick it on or, or forward, you don't turn around and go, yeah, well, it's not as easy as that, pal. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah but we we we're, we're, we're not nosed up and drunk drunk in a football ground are we're not we're not
4: uh, right now No, not we are not we are not So good um, and uh, Spurs will listen to offers for Serge Aurier and want to replace him with Norwich City's Max Aarons that's from the Athletic I think we're all in agreement I mean if we can't afford to buy Max Aarons we're we going to get relegated with Norwich <sighs> Then, if we have to sell Sergeria to buy Max Aaron's, the football is so boring.
3: <laughs> okay.
4: it's, it's mental, isn't it? Like that, that would have just been back in the day.
3: That would have just been a given. Like get Max Aaron's as like a prospect. It was like when we when we signed Rose and Walker. Like they were just young, available players playing for at Championship teams. Just hoover them up for like three or four mil, no problem. Now it's suddenly like, oh, Spurs are gonna have to make some transfers in order to like break, stump up the funds for eight million pound rated Max Owns. Like what what world are we living in? He's
1: a bit more than weird. That, I get your point.
3: You know what I mean though, like the equivalent yeah. of an eight an, what used to be an eight million pound right young right back. Let's let's say it's eighteen now, for argument's sake, yeah? It's like that shouldn't eighteen million pounds for a like a, a Champions League finalist in the last like year or so shouldn't be a big issue you know we're not talking about signing the best right back in the world we're talking about signing a right back who's getting relegated norwich who's let's be honest the jury is still out on him it's not like everyone's like yeah he is the answer it's like he's worth a punch and we're kind of worried about getting that sorted like i think i think that is the more we talk about it the more it's like it's very obvious that the imbalance in our squad is down to the fact we we haven't invested in it for pretty much three years like not properly like, on Don, and Dombele's fee kind of papers over the cracks for the fact that we didn't we went to nearly three transfer windows without any players le- you just can't you literally le- can't do that it's on, John leave you out leave, leave you oh. out problem is mate um, like in simple terms if you went yeah, there's just some like rich shake will come in and he'll spend fuckloads loads and you can buy loads of players I'll be like yeah I'm up, I'm up for it but the, the alternative to to Levy probably isn't that at the minute because we're not Weirdly, we're not that attractive now because you actually have to spend a lot of money to acquire us and there's probably quite a lot to do now. Like, we're actually quite far away so they are going to have to spend loads of money. So it's like, it is a bit, right now I'm a bit more cautious of Levy out because I'm a bit like, maybe it's better the devil you know. But uh, this is the first time when I'm starting to listen to those arguments of Levy has got to take the blame for this, it's the investment into the playing that is is at the root of this. And we've seen... Potch and now Mourinho struggle with this squad that hasn't had no investment pretty
4: much for three years, John. So, John, if Daniel Levy had a statue of himself outside the stadium, would you pull it down?
3: Um, it's criminal damage. I would petition <laughs> the government, looking into um, ways that we could democratically bring it down, <laughs> uh, and then throw it in the sea. <laughs>
4: Um, we've got a question from uh, Rebecca Coys. So, Re- Re- so every now and then, since the fighting cock started, we've been been going ten years actually. When when is it? When is it ten years? Next year. What? Oh, not <laughs> nine years then. Nine years. Sorry, I thought it was ten year anniversary this year. No, I don't even know when my own birthday is. Um, <laughs> I, actually, you know, often I forget how old I am. So, that, so younger listeners listen to this. Or, you get to about 35 and you'll start forgetting how old you are. You won't, you know, that's inconceivable, isn't it? But the, it, the reality is that you forget how old you are. Anyway, Rebecca. It's
1: inconsequential after that.
4: It is, isn't it? It is. Um, it's all it about is. experiences. How many highs can I get in the remaining years of my life? Uh, Rebecca, <laughs> so I, I didn't expect it from Rebecca because, like, from. Like, I, I don't know, Rebecca Coys, someone with a nickname, a, a handle like that, I wouldn't. Expect her to become the bastion of the type of questions that we get asked. Like so so week in, week out, she's made it her mission to um to ask difficult questions, weird questions. Like she hasn't quite reached the heights of would you rather have um a dying toddler strapped to your leg forever or seven cats strapped to your head forever. She hasn't got she hasn't got to that level yet but she's she's definitely aiming that way um rebecca uh coy she says if you could stop the amazon dot being viewed by anyone but amazon ins- instead release the video of your lowest sexual moment would you do it
3: of oh, your lowest sexual moment
4: <laughs> your lowest sexual moment
3: what, is that available on amazon prime instead yes <laughs> that's amazing what would, um <laughs> i mean i can t- i can tell you my lowest sexual yeah please moment, do please do so there was this girl um, who was basically the sister of a friend of mine and she was much up, she's like seven or eight years older than me. So when you're like 18, 19, that's a big deal, isn't it? And you're like, course, yeah. you, I
0: like
3: I'm like, i absolutely player here. And so anyway, she, she texts me uh, saying, I'm going to go out tonight with the girls. I'll like, come back to yours afterwards. So I was like, yeah, have a So I get a message at like two in the morning. And so I'm like woken up by this message. She's like, I'm on my way there. So an hour later, she arrives at my house. It's three in the morning. So I'm like, I'm already tired. She comes into my house and I'm like, but I've got to try and like impress her. Like she's an an older girl. I'm at at my like mum's house, but no one's there. I'm on my own in the house. And um, so I was like, I'll like invite her in. She's already like pretty drunk. So I'm like, would you like a glass of wine? (laughs) It's three in the morning. She she wants a glass of water. Um, And then as she's sitting down, but, for some like mental reason, I just see a mouse like run through my lounge. So I'm terrified. Cause I'm just like, it's a fucking mouse. Like in my, what, why is it in my house? So I'm like, ah, oh. she's like, you're right. And I'm like, yeah, just, ah, oh, just excited. And she went Ex- excited. And I was like, ah, oh, just, yeah. Just looking forward to seeing you. Um, so then all I could think about was this mouse that's now in my house that I must've let in when I opened the door and there's now loose in the house. <laughs> and my my bedroom door didn't it, it couldn't shut all the way, so there was always this like two inch gap the door, yeah. and so the whole time when we were in the bedroom and we like started kissing and stuff like that, all I was thinking is if a mouse comes in and like touches me or goes near me or goes near her in the middle of this sexual experience, this is going to be fucking mental. You should go with I'm it. Gonna, you got to go with I'm it. I'm scream sense. the house down. So I, um, as a result of I think that and the the tiredness, I was. During during the um, sexual experience, having moments of um, lack of stiffness, which Good. I'd never experienced as an eighteen-year-old lad, and I was completely sober, and it was so embarrassing. Cause so, what happened?
4: This- what, what, what happened? Did she? Did, did you manage to get through the deed, or you just Because did- the, there's nothing more, there's nothing more um, dis- like disappointing when you just got to just go. I will give up. Okay. Um
3: I managed to get through it, but we both knew it was horrendous.
4: Did, yeah. and, and you never you never saw her again?
3: Um I did see her again and she was always very kind about it and never like never mugged me off or never like spread any rumors that I was horrendous in bed. So that that was pretty pretty good of her. Um and then literally like a year ago we were out on a night out and someone brought the fact up that I'd um slept with this guy's sister and he he never knew that entire time. So um, yeah, that was kind of weird. I hadn't really thought about it, and then it brought it all back. So that's why it's on my mind. So the answer to the question was: okay.
4: Would you? Would you be happy for that entire hour or however long it was of your life to be available on Amazon Prime instead of the Spurs documentary?
3: Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, why not? It'd be a laugh, wouldn't. It? T, will Still you? To raise, raise profile.
4: Will you watch it? Will I watch it? Hell yeah. yeah! Really? I I couldn't think of anything worse. It's like it's like watching watch it it's like watching a video of the last two years of a relationship breakdown and why would i want to watch that why would i want to watch it with all glitzy editing and fancy hd and then not only that open up to everybody else on the planet to watch as well why
3: why
1: look look at at the production values though look at the production values that amazon will have amazon have got unlimited money
4: so what would look great I know, but uh, it doesn't it doesn't hide the sheer horror and pain of it.
1: And you're talking about what's happened to John, or you're talking about me.
4: (laughs) I I mean sorry, I'm talking about I'm talking about the the Amazon documentary now.
1: No, but are you saying that? Am I watching what's happened to John? We'd all watch what happened to John, undoubtedly. (laughs) But, yeah, and saying. the production values
4: and the production it'd values it'd be cool. the lighting would be amazing there would be they'd ma- giant, ma- haystacks. Yeah. giant haystacks giant haystacks <laughs> to
3: play me
4: would be amazing <laughs> no giant haystacks uh, Jeffro the West Country comedian Jeff would play you <laughs> 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 um, no i tell you what I'm asking is uh, are you going to watch the All or Nothing documentary
1: yeah a morbid curiosity I'll, I'll, I'll watch it isn't it
4: completely Spursy that it's nothing like the question yeah. is all or nothing, and, and it's, it's, it's,
1: it's nothing. It's less than nothing. It, it is. It's it's, less, it's somehow less than nothing. I don't you know what, though, <laughs> like? I've forgotten that feeling where, um, you know, when opposition fans have laughed at so us over the last four or five years, they've always kind of somewhat either got a last laugh or been kind of respectable. But now they're laughing at us, and we've got nothing to come back at them with. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. You what, well, you've missed um, it? <laughs> yeah, I mean you know okay we've finished above chelsea we've finished above arsenal we've finished above um man city we've finished above all these teams so it's been fine but this season you know this season okay the, the league table ended the league ended today i've got nothing nothing we've finished below arsenal chelsea man city liverpool nothing
4: it's like it's like you it's like you you, you know you've got this you've got this bully this nemesis right and he's been tougher than you for years and you've been like dreaming of the day like you're working out you try one day i'm gonna fuck him up i'm gonna fuck him up and then you do it you meet down the park he's been trying to finger your bird and you meet in the park it's like oh stop trying to finger my bird if you don't i'm gonna smash you up in kinlock park in north london and um, and he goes, I oh, fuck it, as if I've been smashing you up for 10 years. I've slapped you with my open. Like, you could use your fists, and I'll use my open hands and I'll still batter you. That's what he's saying. And he goes down the park and he's like, I'm not going to stop fingering your bird. And then you're like, all right, well, I'm going to kick your ass. And you do it. You kick his ass. Like you batter him all over the place. And two or three years pass. He can't finger your bird anymore because you just batter him. He's scared of you. And then you get polio, <laughs> and you're bedridden. Jose was polio. You're bedridden for 16 weeks, <laughs> and you go back to the park and go, "Come on!" And he, he he pushes your guts in. I don't want people to watch that. I wanted to remember the good times when I was kicking his head in, not the polio times. Don't concentrate on the polio times. Concentrate on the good bits. uh, Yeah, the person, uh, a human being's life isn't defined by the worst moments. It should be defined by the best moments. Don't let a £50 million operation like Amazon Prime come in and document the very worst polio-ridden month of your life. That's all I have to say about
3: it. Yeah, it's... it's it's fair enough. It's just so It's just so us, isn't it? Any other season before this one would have been fine. The last five years pick one, it would have been would have been pretty compelling TV. But obviously, they picked this one. And obviously, it's been a fucking shit show. Um, they, the, the handball rule, Champions League final goes against us. Oh, we'll change that rule the following season. Chelsea, oh, okay, fucking hell. We'll, um, now you've not qualified. Well, we'll change that rule for next time. It's just, it's just always fucking us, isn't it? It's so annoying, and this is why we need to um, appreciate the things that, that come with supporting Spurs that aren't to do with being on the pitch, like celebrating with your friends. That is what it's all about. So, I'm just going to stay on that positive mental attitude of like, doesn't matter about the pitch. I've that, had enough
4: of that fluff. Buffet. Right. Uh, Adam, uh, Adam Boltwood, a final question before we end this podcast is, uh, he said, and Adam Boltwood, just, just in case you don't know, does the front Free podcast, which comes out sporadically. No, now he, he has the, the silkiest voice. Like it, if there is a voice for radio, it's Adam Boltwood. And I remember a time when I worked for Ball, Ball Street where he had to take me across to a cafe and said, look, you're becoming a disruptive influence in the office. And, um, <laughs> you've know, you got, you got to stop it but he said it in such a silky way that I was like alright I'll, I'll stop being the office twat bearing in mind I was 37 so I probably should have just <laughs> known that at the time but um, it is what it is sometimes you need someone who's delicately beautiful as Adam Boltwood to tell you um, he, he asks uh, who will be our next manager when Mourinho is sacked in ignominy next season when we're 12th from the table Right, I don't want to go into lengths to describe the manager or, or, or just give me a name, T. Who do you want?
1: Um, Wolves guy. Spirit of the Yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't think Nagels- anyone can argue with that.
3: Nagelsman. I just want to see fucking nuts like football, like some proper tactic shit. Like, he get him
4: I'm not going to yeah, get them. Like, oh, I'll be it's Leipzig. It's a, 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 like a, they're they're beyond us right now. We need someone below us. Like Wolves, you know, they've done well. Everyone's clapping and cheering them, but they're they're still Wolves, aren't they? They're still the Black Country. They still live in a hovel. They can't attract players. They all their Portu- Portuguese players live in Portugal still, and they fly over for the games. They're not going to want to live in in the Black Country. All right, come down to London. Come on, Nuno. Bring your all your weird little, you know, players with you. Bring, bring uh Moutinho, come in. Bring him in, uh, and uh, yeah, let's let's uh, let's see us get just just underachieve what Poch did in his best season.
3: <laughs> Perfect.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
4: Perfect. Uh, did you know, John Bass? I'm not sure if you did know this, but um, I'm the only human being to pass polio through a sexually transmitted disease to another human being and that was your mum. <laughs> well, I don't oh, even know your mum's name. I st- I still did it.
3: It's it's Alison. She's actually a, a noted author, so maybe she maybe she write about you in her book. Is that true? Not, yeah. She's she's, a, she's written three books.
4: Is it is it the same, same as like is it the same as like Steve Bruce's written books?
3: No, like <laughs> um she, her name's A.B. Morgan. And you can, you can buy her books. They're like psychological thrillers. Oh
4: my God. I didn't know this about you. I mean, that's
3: why I'm, that's why I'm so smart because like I've inherited this, um, you know, brains from, from my mum. not only is she a brilliant author, she, she loves young punk.
4: So similar <laughs> to me in that way. So, um, yeah. Oh so well, well my God. I've just Googled couldn't, it. Couldn't oh my God. I'm looking on Amazon. Your mum is like genuinely a fucking author. <laughs> what Death by Indulgence good buddy, good book buddy good read have you read any of them
3: no mate I don't, I don't, the irony is I, don't, I haven't read a book since school
4: <laughs> that doesn't surprise so, me that's why you're such a bigot yeah. there's actually exactly. uh, <laughs> there's actually six books not three you twat yeah oh,
3: and, man, and stench
4: what... stench is is the the book that describes the room that we left the hotel room that me and mum left
3: Oh, as I've said to you many times, the only, the, the joke is on you because she, um, for all of her writing ability, is not a looker,
4: bless her. No, she right. is a looker. There is a picture on, on Amazon and she is a looker. All women are beautiful. You're a twat.
3: <laughs> You're a twat, says the guy who's talking about my mum's vagina as a stench. So It sure. wasn't
4: just that; it was me as well. Obst, Don't to a, have don't a, have we, a stinker. we got up to a lot, John. Good.
3: All all I'm imagining now, after we've been talking about love on or in a bay, and now my mum in sexual acts, is Denise Van Outen throwing a cucumber back to my mum's face instead of
4: Denise Van Outen's. Brilliant. I um, all I'm saying is there was no, there was no hitting involved. There was no hitting. No. You or her? No, she wanted to hit me, and I said it's too much. Good. That is
3: that is the good news. She
4: did spit on my Um, back then. (laughs)
3: <laughs> she's that on your you yeah
4: alright that's enough Again. that's enough <laughs> uh, John Bass uh, Filoni's filth despite the technical problems I absolutely love you and uh, you in, in a way have helped me get over over Tottenham for not the first time in the last 10 years
1: you're welcome, you're
4: welcome. love you both mate take care peace
3: bye, bye. Draw her when she don't see box Everybody wanna come and run it But they funny like a dummy In the bummy of your mommy Ha ha Fighting cock and we don't give a shit Everybody knows flat bait's and prick We can get sticky in the mini Suck willy really. When you get getting grilly Yeah you gonna bang the milly bye bye